0: in the future. 1 Peter 1, verses 18 and 19. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors, and the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. That is our inheritance. That is redeemed and we are ransomed by God to God and through His Son. So as we prepare our hearts to take the wafer and the juice let me read from 1 uh, Corinthians where Paul is writing to this church and they, they had a had a habit of turning uh, the, their love feast into like this drunken thing, where the rich people would show up early and eat all the food and drink all the the drink, and then the poor people would come come after work and they, there wouldn't be anything left. And she was like, "No, guys, guys, you're like missing the point. You're perverting this." So here he here he goes. when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Good morning, good morning and welcome to the Omaha Vineyard Church. My name is Saul Cruz, lead pastor here at the church. <coughs> We've got a couple of announcements and um, here they are. Uh, so on the last Saturday in May, we have an opportunity to partner with Candlewood Church to help keep Omaha beautiful. Uh, Their church will be a site for this area's um, neighborhood cleanup day, Uh, and they have provided us with a link to a nice, simple sign-up page. Um, There's two time slots in the morning and the afternoon. There's a couple of different ways that you can um, volunteer, so look for that sign-up link. It's been sent out via email um, through MailChimp, and mine went into my promotions box in uh, Google, so look around for that. And if you need uh, information, go ahead and send us an email, info, at org. No sound. Okay. No, nope, everything's on. All right, we'll just keep rocking and rolling here. Uh, let's see, next week, starting a new book series in the book of Esther. Esther is a very exciting book. Lots of danger and um, uh, worldliness. Uh, and at the same time, it's it's showcasing God's care and protection and his sovereign rule in the midst of world history. So uh, look forward to that. And then last, we received a beautiful package from our um, missionaries, Caleb and Bethan Trim, and their beautiful girls, Emma and Mia, who are in Japan. God loves all the people of all the world, including the Japanese, and he has called Caleb and Bethan to spread the good news of Christ's good love and, and gift uh, to the Japanese. So... Um, They've got these, these wonderful cards. You can pick one up on your way out. There's also a, a laminated sheet that kind of talks about what they're doing and um, um, how that's all working. And um, You can read that if you want to. Grab one of these on your way out so you can remember to pray for them and, and lift them up. <clears throat> all right. Well, that's all for announcements. We don't pass a plate here, but we do have a couple of offering boxes where you can put your gifts. And uh, we also have some um, alternate options. We have our website, omahavineyard.org, which has a giving link. There's also the Church Center app where you can find Omaha Vineyard Church. Make that your church. And there's a giving option in there. Uh, There's also our P.O. box. Don't send it to 4212 South 50th Street because it will just get rejected. We don't have a – there are mailboxes here. We just don't have one. So we do have a P.O. box. I don't have it memorized. So you can check out that on our Facebook page, on our website. And um, you can mail in a gift that way if you'd like. Let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing on our gifts. Father, you are good, you are good, and we thank you for how generous you are with us, and um, how generous you call us to be. You tell us over and over and over in your scriptures that the more that we give, the more that you will give to us. So Lord, I pray that you would church here, but to those around us that are in need, and Lord, may you um, multiply those gifts and show your favor and show your goodness as we take risks and and trust you, Lord, we ask you to come in power uh, through our relationships with the lost. That you would be with us this morning as we look at the last chapter in Ruth, this beautiful story of need and redemption, and how how you wove this whole story into your great plan. In Jesus' name, Amen. So yeah, we've been looking at Ruth. So first, I want to talk about something. In 2016, the Chicago Cubs baseball team did something that no one else wearing a Chicago Cubs jersey had done in over 100 years. In 2016, the Chicago Cubs were the world champions of baseball. And the previous time that, that that team had been the world champions of baseball was 1908. 108 years between championships, that's a generation or two. So it was something, and I I love this, one of the best feelings in the world is watching things fall into place after having watched them fall apart for so long. For anybody that has a, a team that they love and that they root for and watches them fail, fall apart over. Come together and do well and be recognized for that. It's it's a wonderful feeling. And the the reason I I brought, I, I threw that up there is because this story in Ruth is a woman from Moab, which is a neighboring nation to Israel, and one that was not neighborly to Israel as they were entering the land to take possession of it uh, as their inheritance from the Lord. One of the the, um, passages in my Bible reading this last week was in Numbers, where the king of Moab hired a prophet to curse Israel, and the prophet kept telling him, I'm going to tell you what God tells me. So whatever he tells me, that's what I'm going to tell you. And over and over again, he, he blesses Israel, and blesses her and blesses her and blesses her and does not curse her. Anyway, little history there. So Ruth married the son of Naomi, and then Naomi's husband and her two sons all died while they were living in Moab. Naomi hears that the drought was over in Bethlehem where she grew up and her family's land is. She tells her two daughters-in-law, I'm going to go back. You move on. Get married again. Have that security of a of a, a husband with the Lord's blessing. Ruth refuses and travels with her, lives with her, and goes to work to feed them both. Through the providence of God, Ruth finds, you can go to the next slide, I think that's kind of the, there we go. Ruth of Boaz, a close relative of her father-in-law. The Mosaic law provides redemption for poor families who may have to sell their land in order to survive. Levi uh, Leviticus. I was just going to call that book Levi's. Leviticus 2525. If one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and is forced to sell some family land, then a close relative should buy it back for him. There's this there's this heart in the Help you out. I I invest in the, the the legacy of your land and your name moving on to generations. Yeah, the heart of the law was that every family would always have ownership of their family land. Boaz is wealthy, very generous to Ruth and Naomi. Naomi instructs Ruth to approach Boaz as their kinsman redeemer and propose that he marry her in order to continue the family line through their children and to keep the ownership of the family land for future generations. When you cannot pay for what you owe and another is willing to make that payment on your behalf, that is redemption. You have been redeemed in, in a scenario like that. And we looked at how the qualifications for a Redeemer um, is that they are a blood relative, to have the right of redemption, and how Jesus was born from a human woman, which makes him a blood relative of humankind. Uh, The kinsman Redeemer had to have the resources to purchase the forfeited inheritance. Jesus paid the price for our salvation through his own blood, given willingly when he died on the cross for our sins. And the kinsman redeemer also had to have the resolve. They had to be willing to redeem. And Jesus was willing to lay down his life for us. So in the book of Ruth, Boaz is a type of Jesus Christ. As he was also a blood relative of Ruth's father-in-law. He was wealthy and had the resources to redeem the family land. And he was willing to be the kinsman redeemer and marry Ruth. Very much so. Remember, um, what did he say in three 12, let's see here. While it's true that I am, if he is unwilling to redeem you very well, let him marry you. But if he is not willing, surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. Today, we conclude our study in the book of Ruth with chapter 4. Lord Jesus, again, we invite you to come in our presence through your Holy Spirit and make this if you've got one of these old-fashioned Bibles. Wonderful. you got a newfangled one? Rip into it, too. Here we go. Boaz went to the town gate and took a seat there. Just then the family redeemer he had mentioned came by. It just so happened. So Boaz called out to him. Come over here and sit down, friend. I want to talk to you. So they sat down together. And then Boaz called ten leaders. From the town and asked them to sit as witnesses. It's like he's setting up a a, a court, right? And my my commentary mentions this: that the town gate customarily served as a meeting place where legal transactions were authorized. Okay, where were we? Verse three. And Boaz said to the family redeemer, "You know Naomi, who came back from Moab." is selling the land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. I thought I should speak to you about it so that you can redeem it if you wish. If you want the land, then buy it here in the presence of these witnesses. But if you don't want it, let me know right away because I am the next in line to redeem it after you. And the man replied, All right, I'll redeem it. Mm. What a (laughs) so, <laughs> Boaz is, is shrewd, right? His The mission he's on is to be the kinsman redeemer for Ruth, right? But he's appealing to this other kinsman redeemer, the one that's a closer family member, in regards to the land. <clears throat> he's like, yeah, I'll buy that land. Let's see what happens next. Verses 5 and 6. Then Boaz told him, of course, your purchase of the land um, from Naomi also requires that you marry Ruth, the Moabite widow. That way she can have children who will carry on her husband's name and keep the land and the family. Then I can't redeem it, the family redeemer replied, because this might endanger my own estate. You redeem the land. I cannot do it. So, <clears throat> as I may have mentioned before, uh, as a as a young boy, one of my most memorable Hot Wheels cars was a Jaguar XJS 12. And growing up, I just I was intrigued by the Jaguar line of vehicles. Well, did you know that at a at one time when we were looking for vehicles We were actually considering buying a Jaguar. We had brought it home and driving it around and feeling like something else. Well, then we took it to a foreign car mechanic, and they told us about how it was made and how much work it would be and how much money it would take to do the maintenance on it. Once we had a chance to see what kind of maintenance costs were involved with owning a luxury foreign car, we refused. The cost would be too high and honestly too stressful uh, for me to enjoy owning that kind of vehicle. And his family redeemer was absolutely willing to buy the land that belonged to Limelik, but he wasn't willing to marry Ruth. Um, because it would endanger his own estate right if he if he bought land then and it wasn't tied to anyone else's family, it would just stay in his family and and he would be able to add it into his distribution to his own children. but if it belonged to Ruth, then the children and that land would would stay in her family, and he wasn't willing to do that so he tells Boaz. Redeem the land. I cannot do it. And now we're going to go from uh, verse seven through seventeen because I just don't want to stop. It's a beautiful passage. Here we go. Now, in those days, it was the custom in Israel for anyone transferring a right of purchase to remove his sandal and hand it to the other party. This publicly validated the transaction. So the fa- other family redeemer drew off his sandal and he said to Boaz, you buy the land. Then Boaz said to the elders and to the crowd standing around, you are witnesses that today I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilian, and Malon. And with the land I have acquired Ruth, the Moabite widow of Malon, to be my wife. This way she can have a son to carry on the family name of her dead husband and to inherit the family property here in his hometown. You are all witnesses today. I have a feeling like if this was a Disney movie, this would be when like streamers come listen to this. Then the elders and all the people standing in the gate replied, "We are witnesses." May the Lord make this woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, from whom all the nation of Israel descended. May you prosper in Ephrathah and become famous in Bethlehem. And may the Lord give you descendants by this young woman who will be like those of our ancestor Perez, the son of Tamar and Judah. Verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth into his home, with her. The Lord enabled her to become pregnant, and she gave birth to a son. Then the women of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord, who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child become famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age, for he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been Better to you than seven sons. I don't really see the kind of the redemption of Naomi here. Verses sixteen and seventeen. Naomi took the baby and cuddled him to her breast, and she cared for him as if he were her own. The neighbor women said, Now at last, Naomi has a son again. And they named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. One of the things that really jumped out to me in this was how the people were so pro this union, right? And that the neighbor ladies were so happy for Naomi. There's all these blessings over the union and and the children and the descendants and they would be famous in Bethlehem and famous in Israel. It just makes me feel good. Alright, now, last couple of verses here. 18 through 22. This is the genealogy record of their ancestor Perez. We heard about him. So Judah, the name sound familiar? He would have been one of Israel's tw- you know, 12 sons. So one of the 12 tribes of Israel, Judah. Um, and then he has a son named Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father of Nation. Nation was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz. Boaz was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David. So Boaz and Ruth are the great-grandparents of King David. The legacy of Ruth and Boaz is passed down. But then also on to his son Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs. And I want to read Proverbs 22, nine, which says, Blessed are those who are generous, because they feed the poor. Can't you see Ruth kind of passing this down to her children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and looking lovingly at Boaz and saying, Blessed. Like your grand great grandfather Boaz. Be blessed and as you are generous, because they feed the poor. But then who else is in the line of David? Sunday school answer. Jesus, that's right. So in Matthew one <clears throat> verses one and five, so Matthew one one says this. This is a record of the ancestors ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham, and then he starts going into father of. Him. I'm going to just jump, jump down to verse five, Matthew one verse five. Salmon was the father of Boaz, and in parentheses it says whose mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, and again in parentheses whose mother was Ruth. Rahab. Well, in the book of Joshua, they're about to cross over the Jordan River and take the first city in the promised land, Jericho. Two spies go in there, and they go into a house of a prostitute named Rahab. She hides these two spies from the king because he wants to kill them. And he she says to him or to them, I believe in the Lord God, and I'm going to ask you. Everyone knows what your God has done for you. Everyone is afraid. They are petrified with fear. So I'm going to ask you to protect me and my family when you come conquer Jericho. And she says this, For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. That is a profession of faith. So, Matthew 1, verse 5. Within two generations, there's a Canaanite woman who is a prostitute, and a Moabite woman who are both mentioned in Matthew's genealogy of Jesus' ancestors. And in both cases, these women chose to abandon the Baals, the gods of Moab and Canaan, and chose to follow and seek refuge under the wings of the Lord God of Israel. And they're Gentiles! All right, I'm just going to jump. I, I don't have a transition for this. Matthew chapter 4. Verses twelve and sixteen says this. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He went first to Nazareth, and then left there and moved to Capernaum, beside the Sea of Galilee, in the region of Zebulun and of Naphtali. This fulfilled what God said to the prophet Isaiah in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, beside the sea beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee. Where so many Gentiles live, the people have seen a great light. And those who lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light. the great light that shined, shone in the land of Galilee where so many Gentiles lived. The redemption that God offers through the blood of his son Jesus is for all people. So what does it mean for us today? You may be Wrong party. You may be the wrong gender, the wrong age, the wrong color, have the wrong numbers in your bank account. You may make the wrong choices about your health, or your language, or how you learn, earning uh how you earn a living, and. same redemption, the same generous protection, provision, and security that extends to all of mankind. I met a guy a couple of months ago, and he was talking about how he was trying to explain the good news to a co-worker. to you as it is to me. Is there anyone who God does not love? plan for them related to your future Ruth was wrong nationality and yet she is in the lineage that leads to Jesus Christ on earth Prostitute, and she is mentioned by Matthew when talking about who are the ancestors of Jesus, the Messiah. Don't let your circumstances, don't let the the pieces of who you are cause you to believe that God cannot use you. So, what does it look like to trust in God's providence? Peter, uh, who wrote to the churches of the world at the time, said that it looks like true gladness. Uh, 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7 says this, So be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. And I know, I don't think we, I don't think we are faithful to get praise. Necessarily. But, when you've done the hard though we have to endure many trials for a little while, because there is a wonderful joy ahead of us. When our eyes are on the wonderful joy that is ahead, and our faith and our trust are in God's providence, May we put our faith in the redemption that Jesus Christ redeemed us with. May we be found to risk trusting in God's providence in the midst of the many trials we have to endure. Don't be quick to judge. We don't know how God may invite and include the stranger and the foreigner living among us into his purposes. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that you are sovereign, that you are God, that you are providential. That you keep an eye on us and on the future and that you use us, our history, our choices, our differences to bring you glory and make us part of your plan. those of us that are in the midst of the trials right now, Lord. May we experience that peace that passes understanding.